Welcome to Meet the Cast at the Apple Store Soho in New York. Please welcome this evening's moderator, executive editor-at-large for Entertainment Weekly and host of EW's Morning Live on Sirius XM, Dalton Ross. How's it going? Thanks so much for coming out. Appreciate it. We have any uh, Walking Dead fans out there, by chance? Anyone that's seen an episode or two, maybe one or two, you've checked it out on occasion? Awesome. Um, well, I've got some good news for you. The good news is I've been lucky enough to be on The Walking Dead set uh, a bunch of times, and I can assure you that the cast of the show are as awesome off-screen as they are on. They're all super nice, funny, smart. They're the best. I love going down there and hanging out with them all the time. And uh, lucky enough, we have one of them with us here uh, tonight. So it's going to be great. We've got Lauren Cohan, who plays Maggie Green. I think you guys know her on the show. So excellent. And uh, we're going to bring her out in just a second. But before we do, let's refresh our memories a little bit in terms of what sort of a predicament or state Maggie was in. If you watch the, the uh, mid-season finale in December, here's where we are with Maggie. Let's watch the clip, and then we'll bring her out. the platform and we brought her here. Here she is, Lauren Cohen, ladies and gentlemen, The Walking Dead. She's right there. Hi, guys. All right. So, um, all right. So you escaped by climbing up that ladder onto that platform uh, we saw. I'm kind of of two minds on that, okay? On one hand, zombies can't climb, so that's smart. But on the other hand, that doesn't look too sturdy. Like, I'm a little worried. I'm a little worried about you. Yeah, I'm a bit worried, too. I don't know what happens next. No, I'm just kidding. It would be really, really bad if I didn't. Um, no, it's funny, too, because we actually had to do things to make that platform look really, really rickety because it's actually very safe. Um, but we did all kinds of... We added, like, rickety-looking pieces of wood. And um, it was the most fun stunt day that I've had on Walking Dead, too, because we had a harness on underneath everything and my stunt double who's awesome was ready to go and step in and do stuff and I was like no no I'm doing it I'm doing it all um, so yeah it was good I think I feel like this is the most perilous episode for most characters that we've ha seen have you had uh, opportunities because I've been down there and I've seen this with you guys and you have the stunt doubles on hand to do extreme stuff, but you want to do as much as you can. Have you had people, like producers, be like, no, you're not, I'm sorry, you're not doing this. Like, there, there are insurance reasons, we need you healthy, we can't get you get hurt, and they, have, they make someone else step in for you? Yeah, sometimes that does happen. I'm thinking the, um, 
the funny thing is that it's in the most benign stunts that I end up hurting myself. So like running up to do to this platform, there was a little bit of a divot in the in the ground, and I'm like running and holding this huge rifle and feeling really badass, and then I trip and twist my ankle, and I was like, oh, no, I'm a professional, really. Um, yeah, so it's sort of in those in those moments, but that that setup was like the we were calling that the Mission Impossible of because there's this and then there's Glenn's. You know, as soon as you think somebody's safe, something else terrible is... It's almost like a theme. Right, absolutely. <laughs> I've noticed that over the past six and a half years. Um, uh, Laura, you know, in the first half of season six, it was interesting because you didn't really get to work a lot with some of the sort of OGs. You know, the, the character's been around a long time. Um, so what was that like? Sort of not being around uh, on a shooting day-to-day -day with Norman and Steven and Andy and some of those guys. Mm. Yeah, it's been an interesting... Um, you know the show, the way Scott designs the show, it's like we have a half season that will change pace and change style in the second half. You know, we sort of divide the show, the seasons like that. And it's when we get to the second half of this season, there's so much of the group together again um, that it's always very gratifying because you've sort of explored different avenues and then... But yeah, so in short, Maggie has this whole, she has a lot to do with Deanna and with Rick on their own and, um, and learns a lot, which ends up applying to the second half of the season. So it's like we, we build the appetite for seeing people back together again. And, and then also we have two really badass episodes where I get to work with some of the OGs that I've never really worked that much with before. Um, I don't know if you were there. What episode were you there during? I was there for 10. 10. Yeah, no, it wasn't one. for that one. Yeah. Okay. So it's a secret to everybody Ugh. here. Um, uh, yeah, but... Let me, let, me, let me take you in my time-traveling DeLorean for a minute. I hope you don't get carsick traveling through the space-time continuum, Lauren. But I want to take you back for a little bit, because you've been on the show for a long time now. You're one of the principal characters... But you weren't there in season one. So you show up in season two at the farm. What was it like for you? Because The Walking Dead was this really huge surprise hit in season one. And now you're the new kid. And you come in in season two. I'm just curious what that was like for you then joining the show. After Maggie started on the show, after that, nothing that was written were people. No, nobody's audition scenes were actually the scenes that were in the show. Um, and Frank had written the entire season two, like in advance. And so when we got there, we read the entire season of scripts. Um, but I had never seen the show. I just read these two scenes, loved them, was very invested in this character. Um, and then watched the six episodes of the first season on the way over. And then I got extremely nervous because I was like, Oh God, now I'm a fan. I'm not going to be cool in front of these people. It's going to be so hard. And, um, and so that was when I really sort of had the experience of, you know, holy shit. Who was who the first person you sort of made a connection with on that set? When you're, I mean, there were some other new people as well that showed up in season two. Obviously, the whole Green family. Was it one of them or was it one of the people that had been in season one? No, it was Stephen and Sarah Wayne Callies were the first people I hung out with when I got there. We went for... Korean barbecue, and it was July, and or June or July, and it was already baking hot, and I was coming from England, and all I had were flannel shirts and jeans, and, uh, and s the first thing Sarah said was, you need to go to American Apparel and buy a lot of t-shirts, um, and then Stephen and I had a re went and had a really nice, I had a lot of lunches, it seems like, in the beginning, um, yeah, and just got out there and had 
you know, it was crazy. It was crazy in the beginning because it was everybody all together in everything. And so it was, yeah. What about, what about I've talked to Norman Reedus and, and he, he tells me when new people come in sometimes, like I'm the guy in the corner, grumble, grumble. Like it takes him a little while to warm up to people. Maybe he's a little shy with new people. I don't know. What was he like at first? God, what was Norman like? Everybody was just really chill. I mean, we were out there on the farm in the sun a lot and it's a very bonding experience. I think that he was just sort of, I don't know, everybody was cool. And at, you know what's the, the nicest thing? And I've seen Andy do this for every single person that joins the show. He just like calls them, makes sure that they have his phone number. There's nothing intimidating about the people that you work with. There's the most intimidating factor is that you know it's a great show when you come onto it and you want to do your best work and you want to do a really, really good job. But everybody there makes sure that you know this is a team and they're there at the other end of the phone or with you on set. And, and Andy did that. He's like, what do you need? Do you have any questions? Call me anytime, da 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 And he's done that to every single person that's come onto the cast. And it's been across the board, everybody comments. I have never felt so welcomed. And people always comment that like you see a show in season five season six and as we go into season seven like it's not um it's not normal for it to still feel so normal i guess and not to say it's you know what i mean but um you know andy and norman and steven and all the ogs are a huge a huge part to play in how grounded. Yeah. Well, it is grounded. It's interesting, too, because people think, all right, this is the highest rated show on TV. And people think it's going to be this very glamorous situation. It's, it's not glamorous. There's nothing <laughs> glamorous about The Walking Dead. Trust me, if you guys have seen those sets that they work on, like that dank, dark prison and everything, and, and the Atlanta heat, I mean, it's, it's, it's rewarding work. I know you guys love it, but it's, it's hard. Give people a sense of what it's like when you guys are filming down there in July in, uh, you know, outside of Atlanta, Georgia, and it's 100 degrees, yeah. and you're doing these action scenes in a lot of clothes and a lot of carrying around ammunition. It's not easy. Yeah, I think that, you know, a, a typical scenario on The Walking Dead is that you're, it's obviously very, very hot, and the weapons that we're using are all real guns and weapons, and sometimes you'll have two on you, and then you'll have, like, a, a hip holster, and you'll be running and exhausted and crazy and by the time you go home you don't even feel like showering and you've had just you know we start usually at four o'clock on a Monday and you kind of work through the week that way and I think that um, we have such a badass crew I mean we're hustling with guns they're hustling with camera and with equipment everywhere and we're just there's really no easy scenes there's really no easy um whether that be physically or emotionally. You guys know. You watch the show. <laughs> it's not easy to, to go to those places um, as a viewer either. And, uh, yeah. Well, one of the what most disgusting sets of many, and that's saying something, we saw in this past uh, half season so far, the beginning of season six, and we'll watch a clip of it now. You're about to see some hardcore emoting from Lauren Cohan here, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> hardcore acting is about to happen. This is a scene of her with Ross Marquand, who plays Aaron, uh, and they're in the sewer. Mm. You guys are trying to get out of, uh, of Alexandria to check on Glenn. Um, and let's uh, talk a little bit about this scene, but first let's take a look at it. No! Okay. It's over! I'll burn his last picture of me. 
because I said I wasn't going to need it anymore because I was never going to be away from him again. I'm pregnant. He didn't want me to go out there and I said yes. And if I would have gone, if I was with him, maybe I could have helped him. I don't know if he's alive. He would have shown me by now. That's what Michonne said. I just want to see his face. I can't. I don't get to know what will happen. I don't get to know why it happened, what I did right or wrong. Not now. I have to live with that. You do too. Lauren Cohen, ladies and gentlemen. That's how you act in a sewer. That's how you do it. Sewer acting. <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, so uh, we heard the big, uh, that was a big revelation that mm. um, Maggie is pregnant. How is a pregnant Maggie different from a pre-pregnant Maggie? How is she going to change as a result of this? Yeah, I think that some things, some of the major things that change is just the sort of impulsive actions that she's not going to take. Like she doesn't go out with him because, doesn't go out with Glenn because he doesn't want her to. And obviously that has its own repercussions because now, as we all know, we've had this like horrible, is he, isn't he alive? And... Um, and I think that it's about being more responsible. But overall, her drive and where it goes for the rest of the season for safety and for um, security is made much more feisty and strong because of the pregnancy. So there are other risks that she takes and other ways that she sort of puts herself out there um, at the insistence of Rick and upon the lessons of Deanna to make sure that they find somewhere safe to be because... As I would imagine, as a mother, and as I imagine that she would feel, um, you don't take no for an answer when you are seeking safety. And that's been a really fun thing to explore and to play with a pregnancy. I think overall we know this character and the Maggie-Glenn relationship to be one of perseverance and hope. And um, that's actually been such a cool thing because the pregnancy has no regrets. I mean, there's safe and less safe choices, but if you don't create, and that's what we sort of explored in another season when they thought they might be pregnant, if you don't create another generation and you don't keep pushing forward, then what is inspiring you to, to protect and to live and to continue? So on that level, it feels like a, a pretty good choice. That's a little scary. A, that's, a, that's a great scene, and it, it gets me wondering. It's, uh, it's not like you have to put together an acting reel anymore, but if you did, is there one scene from your time on The Walking Dead that you really are proud of or that you hold dear, like a scene that really meant a lot to you and you worked really hard on and you just loved the results? If you had to pick one scene like that out, what would it be? My favorite scene in The Walking Dead is actually... Maggie listening to Herschel when he when every when the whole group has the flu and he goes into the prison and he says you take a drink of water you risk your life you go outside you risk your life you just have to decide what you're risking it for and that scene to me it's like it's the absolute epitome of what these these characters strive for and who they are and and what the show is and so my favorite scenes in this are every time I'm listening to Scott Wilson <laughs> <laughs> That's literally my favorite time of the show. Um, but 
It's good. I mean, the, the, the biggest peaks are any time that a character wants to do something that they can't do and, and sort of facing that realization. And so, um, yeah, sort of maneuvering. It's interesting you say listening because watching you guys on set, a lot of other sets, other, other actors, if the camera's not on them, they'll kind of check out. You know what I mean? And not really give their full performance, but you guys always do that. And it's really sort of fascinating to watch. Thanks. I like watching guys work. It's so nice to be, that's actually going back to the beginning and joining the show and starting on it. It's the, it was the biggest pleasure to be there because those first episodes are when Carl's shot and we're running into the house and, and the whole Green family is just sort of reacting to this father carrying his son in and Andy's running across this giant field, carrying a real person. He's not carrying a dummy. I mean, he's like booking across this field. And the entire first couple of episodes are just reeling and reacting to this huge trauma. And it's like, it's in so many ways, it's just no acting required. You get to be in a room with a bunch of invested, badass people and I just like it's it's really really fun it's like the the most it's the closest to live theater that I've experienced in a in a television scenario and um so I'm glad thanks guys can we talk about Lauren Corhan's new hair can we talk about the haircut for a second can we just look at it uh, you know, it's, it's interesting, and you and I have spoken a little bit about this, yeah. and without obviously getting into what it means, let's just get into the reaction about people trying to figure out what it means. And you knew that there'd be some reaction to this, because what does it mean? Does it mean, you know, Maggie's dead? Does it mean something else? Because she's done this new transformation. So what was it like when you started seeing people freaking out about your hair? Without saying when it happened, the people that I talked to about it, without saying who they were or where we were, um, we definitely knew there was going to be some sort of reaction. I mean, you can't sort of like, I feel like the boys can't shave without somebody saying, wait a minute, there's uh, something changed in the apocalypse. Um, <laughs> but it's funny. I mean, this is in the midst of like when we think that Glenn is gone and then Steven's still coming to set to film later things. He literally is carrying two umbrellas and wearing a dressing gown that covers his clothes so you can't guess who it is. So we're, we, we kind of get this like uh, idea of how astute, you know, everybody's being about stuff. So no, it was funny. I had, um, I had definitely more explaining to do than I thought that there would be. And there was... A lot of, um, you know, in the comic, people's hair changes. I'm not saying which characters, I'm just saying that people's hairs get changed in the comic. But that might give you a clue. But it's All right, okay. she's not going to tell us. Let's just let's. I'm curious what people think. Show of hands, who thinks this means that Maggie's dying in the upcoming episodes? No. Any hands? No, I see one. Oh, good. One. All right, who thinks that it's somehow related to something that happens on the show? Meaning she's going to get a haircut on the show. We see a lot of hands. Okay, Who thinks Lauren Cohen just want to cut her hair? <laughs> so it's a little split. It's a little split between yes. the, those two things. Yeah. So that's good. Um, look, we're going to get to some uh, audience Q&A in a second. I know they have a lot of Walking Dead questions. But you okay. just had the boy, a motion, major motion picture come out. And I know then you went to the premiere and you went to watch it. I don't know if any of you saw this movie, but this movie is freaky as hell. What was it like to go watch a movie, a horror movie, with other people and even though you were there filming it and you know exactly what was happening at every point, were you still jumping out of your chair? I was jumping. It was actually so much fun because I thought it would be 
First of all, become because I'm a major scaredy cat, and I will. If people are next to me, I'm watching horror. They will be bruised. Like it's you know you know you have those involuntary punching reactions sometimes. So, um, but I decided it would be fun because I've never done a horror film, and I needed to have the full experience. And people were like clapping when the bad guy dies, and cheering and talking to the screen. And I felt like I was at a Rocky Horror Picture Show, and I was so glad that I went and had the experience and like and I still jumped and I knew when the jump scares were coming so yeah it was pretty it was pretty funny I was getting a little concerned about Lauren actually because it's about this uh, this boy Brahms who's a doll and they treat it like he's a boy and scary things happen and then I saw you like Instagram photos of like you hanging out with the Brahms <laughs> doll like I'm like I think she's gone a little like too yeah. far a little too method into this I wanted to have some fun I had he and I making smoothies and, you know, because the, the theme in this film is that this kid, like, runs the show and he's not a human, but he's a doll, but he somehow manipulates all these people. And I felt like, you know what? You had your chance. You did it in the movie and now I'm going to have my chance and I'm going to make you do a bunch of shit. So, <laughs> but you should have seen the pictures we didn't post. I had him in the gym. I had um, somebody was at the house fixing the shower and I had him helping them fix the the shower. Um, he was on a ladder. He was holding paintbrushes. It was like, and then I was like, if I post all of these pictures, I'm going to literally look like I have something wrong with me. So, next year. So, um, let's see. We've got questions coming right over here. Okay. Go ahead and raise your hand. We're bringing the mic. We had a question in the first row. Go ahead and stand up for that question. Hi, uh, thank you for coming. Uh, my name is Adam. And watching the show, obviously, there's a lot of strenuous physical activity. And then while you're acting, um, you have to put on the American accent. Now, since the physical part is so exhausting, putting on the American old Western accent, does that get as exhausting as well, having to keep that with, you know, huffing and puffing at the same time? Some, sometimes it can slip. It's... Um it's funny because in the beginning of doing the show, hi Adam, by the way, um, in the beginning of doing the show, I definitely had this idea that she was so Southern and everything was real, real, real cowgirl. And it was like, and then they told me I couldn't and I was like, oh, I'm not, damn. But, um, but it, it definitely at this point is, is much easier and it's sort of synonymous with the environment and I pretty much stay in that accent the whole time I'm in Georgia all summer. So it's... Um, it's easier too. It's just sort of it becomes a uh, self, not self, subconscious thing. Um, yeah, I have this weird tendency now. If I speak to someone with any accent after five minutes, I start to repeat their accent back to them. So it's a good tool to broaden the repertoire. It's interesting because there are so many of you, uh, you know, from England or other places. Whether you know Andy Lincoln, Lenny James, mm. uh, yourself, uh, David Morrissey, for all Tom Payne, who's playing Jesus, coming up. There's like there's a lot of you. Yeah, yeah. it's funny. It's an invasion. It's yes, a British it invasion. <laughs> Hi, Michael. There. Thank you for coming. Hello. Uh, two questions. The first question is, which actor do you lean upon the most for any guidance or or any? Uh, you know, basically guidance. Mm -hmm. And the other question is, is another female character by the name Lucille joining the cast anytime soon? Mm, one of those things I can't comment on. Um, uh, and the other one, but she's so nasty. Um, Any mentor or anything on Yeah, mentor, yeah. mentor, not Lucille. Um, <laughs> Yeah, mentor. Look it up, people. Melissa. <laughs> yeah, if you don't know, you guys. Yeah, it's it's on the interwebs, um, via your Google machine. Um, yes, it's probably. I mean, it has to be Melissa. She's just like, 
She's literally one of the most incredible people I've ever met. I mean, she's just on an, you know, on, on a professional level and as an actor, I find her hypnotizing. And then as a person, she's so silly and so loving and so, um, I don't know, she's just, she's just a beautiful hippie. She's just a beautiful woman. I love her, love her, love her, love her. Hi, Lauren, Hi. I'm Nikki. Hi, Nikki. Um, as an actor, you've done Supernatural, Walking Dead, and, <laughs> and now The Boy. Is there something about horror slash supernatural genre that kind of draws you to it? Mm, it's, it's probably, um, I do really love sci-fi and I do, I, like I said, I am a scaredy cat, but I also love these sort of fantasy genres. I feel like you can go a bit further and I never consciously pursue this stuff, but then the things that I read, these are the ones that, that I just seem to keep keep wanting to do. I mean, I just I just read the script and it's a, another supernatural sort of dark film and I'm reading it and I'm like, when you get to the end of the next season, you're not gonna wanna do something dark, but I cannot resist it. And I literally, I'm just reading it and I'm like, I'm crying, I'm reading it, I have goosebumps, my hair's just like cold, everything's cold, but I just, I have to, I, I just I can't resist it. So yes, I'm doing fun stuff. I'm about to do some Mindy Project actually, which is gonna be really fun. Um, but I, I just, I love Supernatural, I love it. <laughs> How you doing? Good. Uh, I read the comics. I'm a big fan of you, by the way. Um, Thank you. And I wondered, in the upcoming uh, struggles in the war, I know you have a lot going on, like you lose a lot and blah, blah, blah. You know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. what, how do you, what, what's your mindset? What, how would Maggie describe the other side, the enemy, I guess you would say? The enemy. Um, yeah, as you know from the comic and, and anybody else who reads it, it's, there's a lot of change that comes. And we, we've, we veer so much, but the, the tone of change in terms of you know, finding a new place and Maggie taking on some leadership is, is something we will explore more as the, as the show progresses and even within this season, the second half. Um, and that's kind of what, when I was saying to Dalton about the, the pregnancy sort of giving you the motivation to never take no for an answer and to really fight, um, it brings out something new in her and that's, a, uh, that's something that you'll know from the comic that we, that we do get to explore is the sort of, she goes head to head with some pretty, some pretty strong people and it's a new, new stage, new stage of, of the mags. Yes, it's good. Everything else is still stopped. Well, stop we've seen her being trained to be a leader. We've seen Deanna training Maggie to be a leader, that that's her place. Uh, and uh, we know in the comics there definitely is leadership in Maggie's uh, future as well. So mm -hmm. we'll see where that goes. Yeah. Hi, how are Hi. you? Hi, good, how are so you? So this question is for your, what one, I like, I love your acting and stuff like that. Thank you. So this on the performing aspect of it. So coming from an actor, do you feel that this was a, something kind of hard to do because I know zombies aren't real but um, <laughs> but do you feel like that's something like they're running at you and you have to act like terrified mm. but you know that they're not like an actual thing mm. so how do you feel it's interesting because the um the show has a lot of taxing elements and the story has a lot of taxing elements and I think that one thing I probably didn't account for and that none of us really accounted for is that it's it's over a long period of time and you go back and you do this every year and you sort of need to 
really figure out how to let that stuff go. And that's within all realms of acting. It's, a, it's, it's a, I think, a really important... I don't know how many people here are actors or performers, but it's... Um, hi. Um, but it's a, it's a skill that I'm still definitely working on. And, um, you know, you don't... Somebody said to me once, it's, it's, it is only acting, but your body doesn't know the difference when you tell it that you've lost this person or that you're grieving over these things. And... Um, you know, we never take it too seriously, but it's still um, wanting to do justice to real emotions and, and real reflections of loss and life and um, hope and gain and all of these things. So I think that, uh, I know that the zombies aren't real, but the fear that you make yourself feel for the zombies is real, so they are real. <laughs> Not as real as Santa, but they are real. <laughs> You're welcome. Great question. Good luck to you. All right. Thank you. Thank you to everyone for coming. And thank you to Lauren Cohan. Thanks, guys. Walking Dead's back Sunday night on AMC. And Happy Valentine's one. Day.